It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Friday episode of Locked On Raptors, it's Precious Achua Day. He's a super interesting player going into the season, had a wonderful close to last year after, uh, let's say, an up and down first half. We're going to dig into all the questions about Precious going into the year. Will he start? Will he come off the bench? What does that mean for everybody else if he is going to start? And what are the high and low end outcomes for a guy who's shown a lot of promise, but of course is still very, very green? We'll get to all that with special guest Samson Folk of Raptors Republic coming up in just one second. Thanks for being here. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 1245 of Lockdown Raptors for Friday, September the 16th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Lockdown Raptors, and you can follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcast for the low, low price of On the House. You can also go to YouTube and subscribe to the video version of the show each and every day as well, and it's always appreciated when you support the show, whichever way you support the show, and it's always appreciated when you make us your first listen of the day all right on today's show we are joined by one of my favorite guests one of the uh, czars of raptors internet and a wonderful podcaster in his own right it is the one the only samson folks samson how's it going pal i'm doing good just kind of kicking around excited to talk about precious because i think he's probably the most interesting developmental guy for the raptors over the past season and i think it should be really interesting to kind of scope out how that's going to shake out coming into this upcoming season. I'm with you. I think he is probably the most interesting guy. I mean, you could get into Scotty Barnes and like the whole meteoric rise that that dude's on, and that's certainly interesting. And there's not a lack of interesting players on this very weird and interesting team, but 
Precious is the guy who, you know, I've kind of pointed out before, I think he's the guy who can make whatever this vision is the team is going for actually kind of work if he can pull off certain things and offer the team skills that you typically ask for from a center, from a guy who's six foot eight, six foot nine, who can put the ball in the deck and do all the things that Precious can do. Uh, and I believe we, like, convened the last time you were on the show was actually to review Precious's season. So it's kind of fun that we're coming full circle to preview what's going to be on tap for him this year and so i guess let's let's just start broad and then we can kind of go narrow from there like what are your expectations for precious this year because i don't really know i know i'm supposed to have hard takes but i don't really know what to expect from precious this season i guess it's tied to what his role is going to be is he going to start come off the bench that's obviously a big determining factor here but like what are your just base expectations for year two of precious in toronto I think I expect him to succeed at what he's already succeeded at. And right. that's primarily defense. Uh, I think that there's all defensive selections for him in the future. Maybe mm-hmm. him above anybody else on the roster, truthfully. Um, sure. He had he had stretches of defense that Pascal had some. Like, there's that, that video of him blocking Jimmy Butler twice. That game for Pascal <laughs> against Miami was a really, really high point for him. But... Precious probably had the most impressive sustained defense over the course of the season. And that's, you know, that's correlated in the winning minutes, uh, the way better effective field goal percentage they allow. They rebound better with him out there. And he is the guy, if there is a guy that makes the center problems, if he succeeds at what he's meant to, he makes Mm -hmm. those a lot smaller. And then offensively, the touch was in a, you know, really tragic place for so long. (laughs) And then it got better. And he was finishing more contested layups, typically off his own dribble and stuff like that. It's not like he ever got good at rolling, which is, mm-hmm. that's too bad. But the the interesting aspect of his offense, despite his defense being really great, is that he took more catch-and-shoot threes than Gary Trent Jr. post-All-Star break. And he yeah. took five of, you know, five per 36. And he took, I believe it was four in his 26 or 27 minutes on the floor. And he hit 40% of them. And mm-hmm. some of those were above the break as well. And as we know, the Raptors, they crash guys at the glass because they can't space the floor out above the break unless it is Fred or Gary. Even OG is typically positioned in the corners. And Precious, if he can step into that role and start making above the break threes, I think that really does radically change how the Raptors can configure their lineups and probably adds a significant ceiling to what they want to do. Definitely. And uh, I guess the question is, like, how much do you buy what we saw at the end of the season right like it's a pretty mm-hmm. tiny sample you know he was i think asked to do a lot because there were a lot of injuries for the team you know og missed time fred was out like they kind of needed his three-point shooting to have any hope of anything resembling like spatial uh like success on the floor and so he was kind of thrust into that and he performed very well like do you think that it's reasonable to expect him to kind of carry over what we saw after the all-star break last year i I mean guys figure things out he's 23 this season like that just tends to happen and guys can you know just get good at a thing or it could just be a two-month flash in the pan and we're talking about early season pressures at chua where he's throwing up bricks all the time like where do you think it's gonna like it's probably somewhere in the middle if we're being totally honest but um you know what's your level of belief that the three-point shooting that we saw at the end of last season is actually real for him i think i'm probably sitting in the middle that at least for next season i could never say what precious will be like in five years as a shooter but for next season yeah. I think it's probably safe to 
if he's shooting above the break threes at like 32, 33% and, and hitting, you know, a higher percentage in the corners, I think that that's enough that the Raptors can look at putting him in the starting lineup or something like that, just to provide mm-hmm. enough spacing because Precious, a lot of his uptick in offense was, you know, it relied on his three-point shooting because Precious is a very dangerous player. He has the fluidity to pump, put a drop dribble down and attack the basket. We saw that against the 76ers in the series. Fred couldn't get into the heart of the defense, uh, like off a swing pass. Neither could Gary. OG mm-hmm. could, Precious could, and Pascal was the guy operating from the point of attack. They had nothing else. And yeah. Precious needs to be able to, I guess, he needs to make people respect him from the line, and he needs to draw closeouts because it might get a little bit hairy if he's not able to do that because offensively, he still doesn't... Uh, succeed or excel in the finer points of cutting spacing rolling any of the classic big man stuff sure and that stuff can improve too you never really know it's just not something he's shown kind of any inkling at being good at so far for sure and so i guess like let's just dig into it the starter question i've been on team start precious move gary to the bench let him be the sixth man he was very clearly born to be uh that's kind of where i'm at going into the season i don't think that's going to be the starting lineup when the season opens like i think they'll probably roll with gary as the starting two and then you know go with the small look that we saw last year that had varying degrees of success but mostly came out even in the wash by the end of the season and so like where are you at with that? Like, do do you want to see Precious start? Do you need to wait and see if he can sort of harness some of those more big man-like skills, you know, picking, popping, rolling, things like that before you sort of make the call to slot him in? And then it's, it's like a tough political decision, right? Like Gary Trent Jr., is a starter and he's going into a contract year as he's got the opt-out after this season. Like it's not an easy call to make, but where are you at with, you know, the, if you were Nick nurse, like, would you be pulling the trigger on that move from day one? Or is this something you kind of wait for as the season progresses? I'd start precious. I think the Raptors, they have so much continuity going into next year. They know they have a lot of lineups that work. But mm-hmm. they also know that they haven't hit the high highs that other the contenders, the contending tier of the Eastern Conference has been able to hit. Precious Achua, it feels pretty clear to me that guy's a higher ceiling than Gary. And yeah. Gary is a guy who, you know, if Precious doesn't hit anything, then obviously you it becomes untenable. That's not something you can do. And Gary was a huge boon for the Raptors. He Their offense was much better with him on the floor last year. And mm-hmm. the defense is obviously a different story. But yeah, Precious, I would start out with to just, you take a punch at the ceiling. And the Raptors have those, like no guard lineups that worked last year. You see if those start working again. And another thing that's maybe a bit worrying is that Precious and Boucher, they played really great together last year. And I wonder if you put Precious in the starting lineup, if you kind of take a little bit of that away. But I, I do really wonder if um, I would I would go with Precious just as like the the standalone and and see how things break down from there. But I don't think that will be the case. I think Gary will start. Yeah, I think I you know as I said all summer long, I'm in total agreement with you. I, I think 
just the defensive floor that that lineup in theory will have where you've got Fred OG, Siakam Barnes and Precious like it, it literally was in the 100th percentile of defensive efficiency in the very small sample that we saw it in last year also the second percentile offensively so there's that to be considered as well as you know that's the most Raptors ass lineup you could possibly conceive um, but yeah I, I really do think that it, it just it's taking a shot at kind of hitting the peak that this team is going to be capable of and had the lineup with Gary in there, the small look where you're kind of asking Scotty to wear many hats and he's playing center and Pascal's being tasked with being that back-end defender who's doing so much. Like, had that lineup actually produced incredible results last year, I might be more inclined to let it ride to begin the year, but they didn't. You know, I was expecting them at some point to get on a heater and start to rack up those numbers where they did look like a pretty, you know, formidable group, but it just never got there. They basically broke even, and I, I think it's probably worth just giving it a shot with, with Precious because of all that we've talked about. I do want to get more into his defense, Samson, in just one second here and sort of the ways that the Raptors can use him to maybe address some of the issues or concerns that some Raptors fans have had with the aggression and the sort of let's everything is a hammer and uh, or everything is a nail and we are the hammer and we only do it the one way type of thing that we've seen from the Raptors defensively at times in the last I guess just last season really we'll, we'll get to that in just one second here but first I want to tell you about our friends over at betonline.net your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season you can find all the latest football league developments game matchups uh, news and podcasts injury reports all that good stuff you got the week two games on tap very soon here so go and make yourself the informed wager before you put some bets down on Sunday. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports scores. You got futures bets. You can go beyond the NFL, of course, as well. You've got MLB playoffs very, very close. You got NHL and NBA season starting up, so you can put some futures bets down. MMA, boxing, golf, it's all there. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet Online is where the game starts. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. And we continue on here talking Precious Achua with Samson Folk, one of the foremost Precious Achua acolytes uh, that, that I interact with. That's for damn sure. Uh, so the defense you know, like we just said, if he's in the starting five or whenever he's on the floor, he's bringing really, really sound defense at, at like basically any position you want him to like, you need him to guard smalls. He can go do that. You need him to play center. He can go do that. Uh, and you can kind of float and do the Raptors thing where you cover tons of ground and get out of position for fun. And then just try to make up ground to see just because you can, that's been 
a successful defense at times, and they were a top 10 defense by the end of last year per cleaning the glass, which is nothing to, you know, like just to- totally shake off or anything like that. It seems like it works when it's really all humming, but I think there have been plenty of calls from folks who watch the team, myself, I think you included as well, that maybe you just take advantage of the immense defensive talent on this team, the incredible length, the, the in theory switchability, and maybe play a little bit more of a conservative style where you're not putting all of your energy into forcing turnovers and getting on the run. And instead, maybe you're conserving some of that energy for, you know, (laughs) late in games or the offensive end of the floor, whatever it might be. So defensively with Precious, like, do you think he can be a guy who can sort of open them up to doing some different things defensively if he were to be in that starting five, playing more than 22, 23 minutes a game? Like, if he can get up to around 29, 30 minutes a night, like, does that open up some avenues, do you think, for the Raptors to kind of chill the hell out on defense? I think that he definitely can. A Pascal in very small sample size was 97th percentile in drop defense. I wouldn't buy into that. It's just a fun little thing. Yeah. Precious, I think, is the avenue to good drop defense for the Raptors. Yeah. And, you know, if you play more conservative drop defense, you can still lean on, honestly, like Fred is one of the best tag men in the NBA. Yeah. You know, OG Ananobi is a really great nail defender. Pascal Siakam can, he has a lot of space eating ability on defense. It's just, if you let those guys stay closer to their man and you let Precious handle things in drop, which I think he's shown a capability to do so. It makes the Raptors less. It's the term Blake uses actually all the time. Is the scheme preparedness thing, right? Is Hi, that, Blake. Yeah, <laughs> it's the it's the thing where teams they kind of get accustomed or prep according to what the Raptors are doing, and it's like, hey, you know, it, role player number seven. If you're you're gonna get like nine open three point attempts today, you usually take three, take nine, mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. NBA players, and they can get out on top of the Raptors that way, and. I, I don't think the Raptors will be a predominantly drop team at any point in time, but I yeah. think that they do kind of they they go to zone to mix it up, but I think that they could also start going to more drop, honestly. And mm-hmm. when you have a diverse defense, I think that it takes teams a little while to get you know adjusted to that. And I think that you can really steal some you, you can get a lot of stops by switching up defense as long as you're comfortable and you have the guys to do it. And I think precious gives them an avenue to drop defense at the very least. I don't think that'll be predominantly what they do, but it's it's mm-hmm. there for sure. Yeah, I mean, what was the calling card of the championship team? It's that every time down the floor, Marcus Gasol was calling out something new and they were just basically adapting the coverage to what the possession called for. And I don't ever expect Precious Achua to be Marcus Gasol. Marcus Gasol, he is not. Marcus Gasol, no one on this team is. But there's enough, I think, collective defensive instinct there between you know fred and pascal who i I don't think pascal got enough credit for the way he kind of captained the defense last year and was just forced to clean up so many messes you throw an og who we know is incredible i I feel like scotty like that dude just understands the game better than most and so like i feel like that's going to come along for him too it does feel like you almost have the collective instincts there if you throw precious in as well who we've seen can just be just like a very forceful like sorry there's nothing you could do about me because i'm just the most athletic person in the league type defender that you probably can pull off a bit more of a diverse scheme where you're just sort of 
able to change things up based on what the moment calls for. Again, it's never going to be that 2019 team because that was just like a confluence of incredible mm-hmm. basketball geniuses all coming together. But you have to think it, it's something – it's not like Nick Nurse doesn't know this either, right? Like I'm sure he's aware that maybe things got a little monotonous and predictable at times last year. And, and I – I fully am on board with the idea that Precious can be maybe the agent to kind of allow them to just kind of lay back, play drop defense, even if it's not a drop, like even if his length doesn't give him like the Brook Lope ability to sort of contest everything in the mid range and sort of cover all that ground. He's just so bloody fast and quick and mobile that it feels like that's going to overcome some things like deficiencies as well. So I would like to see a bit of change there. Thing that you like watching Precious do on defense the most, Samson? I think probably his ability to step out on the stronger strength creators in the NBA. This was mm-hmm. when I wrote that piece. We talked about the piece on the last episode we did, but mm-hmm. that piece way back in January, one of the, you know, when you go through the Precious film, he was really quarterbacking the defense to some degree since November. They were winning mm-hmm. a lot of defensive possessions with him. And a big part of that, you know, it, it kind of crescendoed with his picking up Giannis like at three-quarter court and yeah. Giannis not being able to bully him to the rim, Precious being able to stand his ground so that digs were really effective because a lot of guys try and defend Giannis to the point where, you know, you can come in and dig down on him, but they they don't have the strength or the foot speed to hang with him and the dig comes too late or it's, a, you know, an end one or something. And sure. Precious is a guy who... On Jimmy Butler has stepped out, on LeBron James has stepped out, on Luka Doncic has stepped out, on Giannis has stepped out. And there's varying degrees of like elite athleticism there as far as foot speed, first step, but all those guys are incredibly strong. Sure. Precious hung with all of them when they put the shoulder down. And that means that he, you know, late shot clock, mid shot clock can step out on some of the star wings in the NBA. But also, you know, when we think about that game against the Hawks, when the the Hawks stopped running pick and roll because mm-hmm. Precious was doing so well in the in drop that they stopped doing it. They just wanted Trey to ISO because Precious was complicating. Like Trey, and that worked very the, well when uh, they they started ISOing him on OG. Yeah, yes, it was awesome. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and you know Trey comes off the edge and Precious can just flip his hips and like pin him at the rim. That's it's a really rare mix of defensive talents for Precious and and not to mention. He, the Raptors were way better at rebounding the other team's misses with him on the floor. It's just, he mm. does so much of the big man stuff defensively that we kind of attribute to, you know, you talked about Brooke Lopez and, and drop will also be dependent on how good Fred and Gary are at lock and trail largely. Sure. Right. Sure. That's really important, but precious. Definitely. He's a very rare mix of talents off uh, defense. So I don't think it's about finding something new that works all the time but it's more so about finding a diverse set of defense that you can kind of um, throw it out other offenses more often. And there's a lot of ways to um, lower minutes for players by doing this. There's a lot of ways to keep guys a little bit more well-rested by doing this. And, you know, maybe that's not the case in the postseason. Maybe they do want to be constant flurry team all the time in postseason. But (laughs) I think that Every team needs to have some diversity to what they do, and Precious will definitely allow them more diversity defensively if they lean into it. Yeah, and I feel like they will. Like, And I find myself getting very excited thinking about what this team could be defensively as well. When you also factor in the pieces they're bringing in off the bench, like it just seems like 
a very good collection of defensive players that is going to mostly be returning from last year and be schooled in the system and kind of understand like what's going on and how to work with one another, each other's sort of idiosyncrasies. Otto Porter Jr. being the one major addition, like that that dude knows how to play high level defense. He just did it. Like it's he'll be fine, I'm sure. Uh and yeah, I'd find myself like the offense, yeah, it might be a struggle as it was last year at times. I think it'll probably be a little bit smoother with hopefully you know some internal growth shooting wise from guys like Precious and others, but the defense is really what's got me juiced to watch this team. And I, I would imagine you're a defense head yourself. I'm guessing that's kind of where you're at too. <laughs> yeah, I seeing Pascal get more pick and roll reps during the playoffs makes me like what they're going to do probably more so in the regular season the less isolation maybe that means but mm-hmm. defense is the defense is where this team you know finds its home defense is where this team tries to innovate and defense is kind of what the raptors have been known for for some time so i think it makes sense that people would kind of you know clasp onto this as the identity Absolutely. Uh, We're going to continue on here and dig into the other side of things with Precious and sort of what the things are on offense outside of the three-point shooting that we already kind of talked about off the top that he can improve in order to be a very reliable, almost no-brainer starter for this team. We'll get to that in just one sec, but just a reminder, next week, all week long on Locked in NBA, check out the the show as we dig into the top 50 players of the NBA season per bet online, and all the hosts get in there and rip apart the list and share their grievances with what's going on. So be sure to tune into that each and every day next week at Locked in NBA on your favorite podcast apps and on YouTube. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked on Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, Samson, let's uh, round this out and flip back to the offensive side of the ball for Precious. We talked about the three-point shooting, and we talked about the lack of, let's say, uh, desire to roll, the lack of contact made per screen. I don't know if that's a stat, but I think he would be very near the bottom of the league in that. All the different things that a center typically needs to do on offense to help kind of move the gears of an offense and keep things flowing. Um, do you have as much confidence in him doing that stuff as you do in the sort of, I mean, obviously the defensive side of things is so far ahead for him, but like, are you at all confident that those things will come along or there's some red flags with what you've seen so far in various areas on, on the offensive end that kind of give you some pause that could maybe sort of be the limiting factors of what Precious's ultimate ceiling could be? I think that there's a common sentiment that rolling is easy, that it's a, a simple skill that screening is a simple skill. And I think mm-hmm. it's because we see big men as um, unskilled, typically. Sure, sure. Rolling is really difficult. 
to be good at it. It's all about mirroring your guard, keeping passing mm. windows open and being available. And that's not just as a guy who is, you know, rolling for your guard, but if they throw a skip pass, you know, what are you doing to clear out space? If somebody, you know, you can, you can put your guy under the basket and if there's a drive, then you're there for a lay down. It's just, there's so many different things that you have to be. DeAndre Ayton is a really good example of this is that he's so good at reacting to Devin Booker and Chris Paul, it's a real talent to make yourself available all the time. And Precious, the reason why his offense started popping off when his shot was there was because he stopped doing big man things on offense. Like he, <laughs> he wasn't doing big man stuff typically. It was that this guy was, you know, banging threes and like pumping and dunking on dudes' heads, putting the ball, getting right into the middle of the floor, and you know, running out in transition. You know, I don't I don't think the pull-up stuff is there at all, but Precious, there's a reason that he thrives when he gets to play wing style basketball and offense. And mm -hmm. that evaporates the moment he doesn't make threes anymore. So I hope he keeps making them. But there's it's tough to just say Precious is an incredible athlete. He'll figure out how to roll because yeah. rolling is like Baby Nagara is a great example of a guy who <laughs> like with there were very few players who knew how to work alongside Kyle Lowry, especially as a lob threat. It's Kyle is a guy who will seek out advantages as a passer that many other players won't. Mm -hmm. And to be a mirror to that genius is more difficult than people think. I mean, me, myself, when I, when, if anybody asked me to screen and roll, I played guard all my life. It is literally like a, <laughs> an alien language to me. I can't, I can't screen and roll. I don't know how to pace accordingly. And it's, it's tough. So, he hasn't shown really anything, so it's tough to say what will yeah. happen, but he's young. He's yeah. obviously working on some of that stuff, maybe not as much as his, you know, the wing skills, the on-ball stuff, but I, I, I think that there's room to be optimistic, but we don't have much film to make us feel that way. It's basically just saying, hey, this guy's young. He'll get better at something. Look, and I think it's like fair to look at what happened last year with him and like where he started out and where he finished this season and say, oh, this guy's capable of immense growth in a short period of time. But that you don't want to put too much on a guy and say, well, just because that happened last year, that means it must happen this year. Development's not linear, all that and, and you know, things we say all the time. But yeah, I think that's sort of, I think obviously where the limiting sort of concerns come in right is like can he figure out how to set a screen properly like again we were so spoiled with Serge Ibaka and Marc Gasol hammering dudes vaguely legally over the course of a couple of years even Jonas Valanciunas was a killer screener um, just because of the the sheer mass of his freaking body and you know how he was able to kind of use that to his advantage but it, it, it's not it's something that comes easy to everybody and it just was not a thing precious did well last year and so like is there a point for you where the offense kind of struggles to the point so badly where you would move him out of the starting five in your hypothetical dream world where he is starting to start the year or is it something where you just kind of realign the responsibilities of the guys on the floor maybe make scotty or pascal sort of more your primary middle of the floor option type guy and maybe have precious play that wing ball that he played so well last year that's yeah, that's interesting because it's dependent on growth from other players. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. This team will obviously benefit greatly if Pascal and Scotty hit above the break threes. Pascal was yeah. awesome shooting threes from the corner last year, but how often? Best is on Pascal... the team. Fun little yeah. trivia I learned on uh, the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast when Josh threw it at me. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's a great little nugget. <laughs> right, but how often is he in the corner? Truthfully, right? Yeah. They like to keep yeah. him above the break so he can support second side actions and be a release valve. And mm-hmm. you know, Scotty and. Pascal, if they shoot the three better above the break than Precious, there's less pressure on that. But also Precious, we saw last year. I mean, I enjoyed the Precious minutes all the way back in November when his true shooting was still like, what, 44% or something like that? (laughs) Malachi Flynn level true shooting, yeah. Right. And (laughs) I still enjoyed it because the defense was such a treat to watch. And, you know, the Raptors were a team that didn't succeed on the typical merits of offensive skill. They got out and ran on the break a lot. And Mm -hmm. they will be a better transition team this year if there's less Gary and less Fred uh, on ball. (laughs) Those guys need to be filling lanes, and that's something they can clean up really quickly. But Precious, it would be tough to convince me. The the shooting would have to be in such a bankrupt place to convince me that the starting lineup. Because, you know, the the thing is that if you play Pascal, the mix of Pascal, OG, Scotty at the five, they're going to get smashed, dude, just like they did last year. And... I think it makes sense to roll Precious at the five and bet on his offensive up, upside than it is to expect Scotty, Pascal, and OG to actually truly hang with other front courts. It's just too much to ask. Yeah, totally fair. Um, I can't wait to watch Precious this season. I think he's going to be an absolute riot. And, you know, again, the, the ups and downs of Precious are kind of the joy and charm of watching Precious as well. As much as it's fun to watch him put it on the deck and dunk on Joel Embiid, it's also partly fun and charming to watch him boot the ball out of bounds when he's totally uncontested. Um, I haven't really asked you this a whole lot because we have just kind of not chatted a ton in the, in the offseason because I think we've been trying to live balanced lives, which is nice. But this might be the last time we chat before the season gets rolling here Samson I'm curious just like your general feelings on the team going into the year like it's it feels like this thing where the Raptors didn't do a whole lot to go and get better outside of Otto Porter and they're banking so much on eternal growth and that feels unsexy when the Cavs and the Hawks and the Sixers and the Celtics are all loading up I really personally couldn't give a damn about what those teams are doing. I kind of feel like what the Raptors are doing and the sort of patience they have, um, you know, is is totally to be uh, appreciated and celebrated in a lot of ways. So where are you? Like, do you kind of view this as like a season where maybe things fall back a little bit in terms of the standings and maybe even the win total, but actually it's still a very fun, cool season that probably is a forward step developmentally, or are you thinking they can hang with the, the Cavs and the Hawks and the sort of middle tier teams in the Eastern Conference potentially even flirt with a four or five seed. I think they can definitely hang with the Cavs and the Hawks for sure. Mm-hmm. The interesting aspect of this is that the Raptors are probably absolutely going to be better this year. They may not be better in the standings, though. Yeah. The, the yeah. East is just in a really, really strong place. The the Celtics, they're a team that just went to the finals. The Bucks are gonna be there. Miami is really interesting. You know, it's just there's a lot of stuff going on in the East and the Raptors' continuity is, I believe, it's heavily correlated with winning minutes. Yeah. And that, that happens. And so, i.e., wins as well. And the Raptors yeah. are returning basically everybody. And, yeah. you know, they add Otto Porter Jr., who is honestly considering what the Raptors needed and what they currently like. As you said, he's played high-level team defense. The Raptors need that. He's also, since he's come into the league, even as his body has kind of broken down a little bit, 
Otto Porter Jr. has been one of the best rebounding forwards in the NBA, and he shoots the hell out of the daggum ball. You know, like <laughs> he should he should be a salve for so much of what the Raptors like to do. He should elevate a lot of their lineups. And the only thing is just like Nick, I think, will obviously love playing Otto Porter Jr. And I hope he doesn't run him into the ground. That's my only worry. <laughs> yeah, they're going to have to... Uh... Justin Champagne, baby, be ready for some uh, fill-in work as Otto gets maintenance days, baby. That's uh, that's mm-hmm. really hoping for rotation player Justin Champagne. I think that's Me the too. thing I'm hitching my wagon to this year, I, like unabashedly. And maybe that'll be a foolish decision, but who cares? Um, yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I think they're going to be very good. I, I think they could even actually surpass last year's win total because of the continuity you talked about and the fact that the track record of Nick Nurse and the track record of the franchise is that they win a lot of games and they kind of have the formula for the regular season figured out. What that means for the playoffs and in the sort of sustainability of it all once it gets there, that's a question for future Raptors and future us. But I, I do think they're going to be just as formidable as the Hawks or the Cavs and, you know, possibly in that range with the Heat or the Nets, those sort of two weirdo teams that we can't quite pin down as opposed to the top three. Like it, anywhere from four to nine would make sense to me. And I do, I ultimately think that regardless of where the seating is, like the internal growth is actually what's going to tell the story of the season and actually be the sort of defining thing success-wise. And Precious is very much tied up into all of that. Samson, you are tied up into a lot of very good things. Where can people check out all of your awesome work? Um, I'm not sure how much I'll be doing at Yahoo this year. We'll see. I'll be doing lots and lots at Raptors Republic. And for anybody who's interested in Raptors Republic, I think it's going to be a massive year. And so if anybody, not just me, but all the writers over there, all the podcasters and stuff, I think... um, just try and stay tuned with what everybody's doing over there. There's going to be a lot of great work. So I'm excited just to uh, work with everybody over there, and I think it's going to be cool. So if I could say um, just stay tuned with Raptors Republic, listener, viewer, whichever it is. And, yeah, thanks for having me on, Sean. Of course, man. Always happy to chat. It's always uh, lovely to bring your expertise to the show because it certainly surpasses mine. Uh, we're going to wrap it there. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. You can find me on Twitter at Woodley Sean. You can follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast and all your favorite podcast apps for free. You can also go to YouTube and hit the big red subscribe button there. You can't miss it. It's much appreciated when you support the show there as well. We'll be back again next week as we do a little tour around the Eastern Conference. We've got three episodes lined up, nine segments and we're going to talk with the hosts of what i perceive to be the other nine best teams in the eastern conference outside of the toronto raptors the washington wizards will be shoehorned in there because i needed a ninth team for clarity's sake i think the wizards are kind of butt but we'll talk about them too and uh we'll get that all started on monday with uh, a trio of chats with brad roland of locked on hawks dave ramiel of locked on heat and kane Pittman of locked on bucks you have that to look forward to until then have a wonderful weekend And we'll talk to you Monday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 